Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. I'm your host, Zach Van Norman, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Amy Hood. Amy, how are you, darling? I am fabulous, darling, and I'm very excited because this means we are coming to the end of our hiatus, finally. How are you? Uh, I'm also very excited because that's for the, you know, that same reason that she said, it's finally the end of uh, this very long hiatus. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, maybe because of the podcast, I don't know, but it does seem like it's been a very long time, so, uh, at the same time, so, that was kind of a contradiction I just said there. Anyways, Oscar <laughs> Morrow. So, I'm also very excited because it's, um, it's Oscar Sunday, and I want to thank everybody who's joining us tonight, because I know that a lot of people do enjoy the Oscars, so... I um, want to let everybody know, as usual, that we do have the chat room open, and so um, I'll give the usual warning. It might take you a couple times of refreshing the screen before you're able to actually get in there, but you will be able to get into the chat room after a couple of refreshes, because I know a couple of people have had that problem before. So please feel free to join us in the chat room. We'd love to have you on there. And the phone number for the podcast for you to call in is 347-677-1653. So if you want to give us a call and share your opinion on something, please do so. We'd love to talk to chat. I can't even talk. We'd love to chat with you. There we go. All right, so <laughs> we've got a two-hour show this evening. So I want to take some time to get into our weekly news roundup, of course, and then launch into our special two-hour-long podcast that we've got going on here. And, uh, Amy, I think that I saw you mention somewhere, maybe it was the podcast, or that you have your uh, TV muted, as I do as well, sitting here watching the Oscars. So... Um, yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah. I, now Frozen wins because yeah, I really want Frozen to win for Let It Go and Best Animated Feature. So yeah, yeah, I actually have not had a chance to see any of the uh, nominated movies, but I always love to. I know it's really you know girly and superficial, but I love watching to see what everybody's wearing. And so I definitely want to catch the arrivals. I've got it on mute now, so I can keep up with you know, who's winning and what everybody's wearing. And I did kind of want to see Angelina Jolie because I heard that in, oh, there she is right now, that there might be some sort of Maleficent commercial or promo or something out tonight too. So I'm going to try and keep an eye out for that while we're chatting. Yeah, I'll be looking out for that as well. That movie comes out in May and I'm very excited about that. Um, Being a huge Disney fan, also Maleficent fan. So, I am very excited about that, and um, I'm also going to say that, uh, let me see here, I want, um, okay, that is a really good dress. Sorry, okay, I should pay attention to the podcast. All right, so I'm not going to look at the question. Okay, so for the news, we've got a couple of items, so let's dig on into this. So um, this Thursday, which is March 6th, is the return of Once Upon a Time to the Land. And the episode is called Nothing to Fear, and I'm very excited about that because when we last left our heroes, they were um, in a bit of a predicament because Will had made a wish to spare Alice from any more pain, and so Cyrus was no longer a genie, but Will became a genie and his bottle went floating off, and you know Jafar is sending out evil storms to cause all kinds of damage and all kinds of craziness going on. So very excited for the return of Wonderland. Can't wait for that. And... Uh, Hopefully, I'll be able to do some live evening. So, very excited about that, too. Um, and then, let me see. Once Upon a Time returns next week on Sunday. 
I just want to say that again, just so we can all kind of let it sink in. Once upon a time, <laughs> it's back on next Sunday. And so, of course, I want to make sure that everybody knows, too, because of that, that next week is when the podcast will be moving back to um, Tuesdays at the normal time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern. So we won't be on Sundays anymore. We'll be back on Tuesdays. Um, so, yeah, make sure that you guys note that on your calendars for next week. And uh, welcome to everybody who is in the chat room as well. All right. So, um, Amy, you've got some news for us as far as some some con information, right? There's been a lot of con announcements recently. There has. I don't know if a lot of our listeners go to the cons, the science fiction cons or the movie cons or the comic cons, the different cons. There's about, you know, as many as you can think of. There's a con for everything. Um, as you know, Once Upon a Fan all met up for Enchanticon, which was specifically a Once Upon a Time convention last November. Well, this week, we actually had a lot of announcements because this summer is going to be packed, not only for con goers and for Once Upon a Time fans, but for us as well at Once Upon a Fan because several of us, while we're not all meeting up, um, some of us are going to each one of these conventions. Uh, the Fairy Tale Convention, which is coming up very quickly enough in Paris, that one we just found out, I believe today, that Lana is going to be in attendance of that one, too. Um, she was announced as the fourth guest, along with uh, Sean McGuire, who plays Robin Hood, Robbie Kay, who was our Peter Pan, and Emily DeRobin, who plays Belle. So that's going to be a really big one. And, yeah, that's definitely going to be something that's coming up. Now, Lana has never actually done conventions before, so she's been booked for that one, and now she is also booked for the end of May, beginning of uh, June, to do, uh, I've never been to this one, it is in Orlando, and it's more a horror convention, horror, I said, just in case, you know, that sounded like something else, but anyway, Lana has been booked for Spooky Empire's Mayhem which is the end of May, beginning of June. It's going to be in Orlando at the, one of the Doubletree hotels. Um, I know she is going to do autographs and photo ops. I'm definitely attending that one, and I'm working really hard trying to see if we can get an interview uh, set up so that we can have something to bring to the fans and let you all know. And definitely want to get that together and give that to everybody. Um, I'm super, super excited because everybody who listens to the show knows what a huge, ridiculous, evil result I am. So I will contain myself, perhaps, I don't know, you know, take a nap before I go have a margarita, have some chill time before I, you know, say Lana so she doesn't think I'm a total freak, but... Anyway, there's also some other cons and things going on. Raphael Sabarge, he may is making probably six con appearances over the summer, so that's going to be something big, too. Uh, there's a con in the U.K. I believe that Gareth is going to head over, to, but lots of stuff going on this summer, and hopefully we'll have lots of reports, lots of articles and interviews and a ton of information and things to bring back to the fans for both the regular site and to be and on the uh, the podcast. And I see now it says breaking news: Peter Pizza 
will be at Spooky Con, which Peter Pizzas was not sure before. Does this mean Peter Pizza is absolutely sure you're going now? So let us know in the chat room because I'm kind of excited about that. Because I ship people. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'd be awesome if you guys could get together because he's totally awesome. So, yeah, yeah, lots of very exciting con news. Um, I wish that I could go to that convention in Paris because number one, who doesn't want to go to France? Go to Paris. Paris, number I know, two, right? Right. And number two, um, I think it would be really fun to go to, you know, a convention with international fans and kind of see, mm. you know, kind of cosplay they do and, you know, any kind of Disney bounding, if anybody does that. I think it'd be really fun and kind of nifty. So, yeah, I, th- I wish that I was able to go to that, but I am uh, I am not able to. Who knows? There's always Comic-Con this year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's see. So, um, the other bit of news that we've got here is, oh, okay, yeah. So, okay. This week, this last week, ABC released a bunch, they released two out of three promos for the new season mm-hmm. for the next half season of Once Upon a Time. The, and they're kind of doing it, and it's going to be two out of three. Uh, there's going to be three total, and so we're just waiting for the third one now. And so the first one that they released was uh, really kind of nice. It's got Regina over on the left, and then it's got um, Charming, Snow, and Emma kind of standing on the, you know, like on what looks like the yellow brick road. And, you know, there's the usual, um, you know, kind of enchanted forest-looking background, you know, back there. And so it's you know, really kind of awesome, and, you know, it was obviously going to be showing us more when they released the second one. Well, when they released the second one, there is all kinds of stuff going on in that new picture. So just want to take a second to talk about that really quick because um, it is pretty nifty. So the first thing that I noticed about this, obviously, the first one, is that Hook is standing over on the left, and he's standing next to the sign that says, you know, entering Storybrooke. And then right after that, there's, like, a tornado happening, basically. And there's, mm-hmm. like, a portal kind of up top, and it's got lightning coming out of it. And, okay, there's a bunch of things going on with this. Because, first of all, there's a baby carriage there. And I find that very interesting. There's a baby mm-hmm. carriage, and it's kind of an old-looking carriage, too. It's kind of just floating off in the middle of space. And then, right above that, right above where there's, like, a bolt of lightning... There is, like, a person. There's, like, the mm-hmm. top of a person, like, a head and an arm outstretched. And there's kind of, like, a connecting right. kind of lighter tone, you know, smoke or something that's kind of connected to the baby carriage. So I'm very interested in what that is. There's also some silver slippers that are flying around there. And if anybody is familiar with the original Wizard of Oz story, then you'll know that um, in the books, those shoes, the ruby slippers are actually silver. They're not ruby. Um, MGM made them ruby because of the new Technicolor process when they were making the movie back in 1930s. So uh, that's why they made them red. They wanted to show off all the color in the movies. Well, in their books, since they're silver, that's the route that they're going because they're not going to do it as ruby. So there's some silver slippers there, and we know that that's obviously related to Oz and Dorothy, so that's pretty awesome. But then another really interesting thing that I want to say about the whole you know, kind of tornado vortex portal thing, is that the unicorns from Emma's Mobile, you know, the one that was supposed to hang above her cradle, the one that we just saw in, you know, Going Home, the one that, you know, she's like, I love the unicorns. Mm -hmm. They're kind of coming out of it too. And I find that incredibly interesting because I said in the podcast where we were, you know, kind of talking about Going Home, 
that, and I've been saying it ever since, that those unicorns are going to make an appearance somehow. They're going to be more important to the second half of the story somehow. Right. And the fact that these unicorns are now featured in the poster just kind of makes me feel kind of vindicated on my thoughts on that. So I'm interested to see what's going to go on with those. And then on the other side of the portal, because we haven't even got all the way there yet, is um, two soldiers standing on the yellow brick road with their kind of, you know, their staffs kind of crossed. And there's the beginning of the Emerald City behind it, and then it cuts off. And so obviously, you know, with this whole thing of Wicked is coming, I'm pretty sure that the third panel on this poster is going to have the Wicked Witch standing there, um, probably looking off to the right since Regina is looking off to, or excuse me, looking to the left since Regina is looking to the right. You know, they're going to be kind of having a stare down. The Emerald City will be there. I'm sure they'll have some flying monkeys, perhaps a field of poppies. Um, I'm really interested to see it, though, because I, it, I think it might be the first reveal of what the, the Once Upon a Time version of the Emerald City is going to look like. And I really can't wait to see what that's going to be, especially because with Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, what they did with the Red Queen's Castle, making it all very oriented to chess pieces and that kind yeah. of thing. So I'm interested to see what they do with the Emerald City and whether or not they're going to incorporate what's in the books, which is that people who live in the Emerald City, everybody wears these kind of emerald green glasses to look at everything. And I'm curious if any of that's going to be incorporated, too, or maybe that'll just be an Easter egg. So really, really excited. Um, and, I, you know, Amy, I've been sitting here talking up a storm about this poster. What do you think about this whole thing? I love the poster. I think that... The, when I saw the unicorns, that was actually the you know the mo- the unicorn mobile. That was the most interesting part to me because we typically only associate that with Emma and Snow. That's kind of their thing. It was her baby thing, but the fact that it's in this poster for the upcoming part of the season means that it probably has something to do with another character or with a, the future storyline at the very least. So that. I can't wait for. I, I'm excited about the whole thing. I, I love seeing the slippers, the baby carriage. There's definitely, I don't know, I feel like there's going to be some kind of relationship. I've been looking through. I have a very old copy of The Wizard of Oz, one that was published back in the 40s, and I've been glancing through looking at just some of the differences. So, yeah, I, I love it. And this is actually it's kind of appropriate that once is doing Wizard of Oz now because this is the 75th anniversary of the Wizard of Oz movie. They're actually even doing a tribute to it tonight on the Oscars, which hopefully uh, we'll get to see some of that too. But yeah, that uh, I'm very excited for the whole thing. And I know once upon a fan too, um, we wanted to mention, I saw that we had put out a tweet earlier if anybody's having premiere parties or get-togethers or dressing up or doing anything special for either Wonderland or Once Upon a Time, definitely you know tweet your pictures and send them because we want to post them and share them and you know help everybody share in the excitement of finally getting back into our shows that have been gone for so many weeks now. So definitely very excited to get back into all of it. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, oh, my God, I can't wait for us. Because you know what else it reminds me of, too? And I, said, I think I said this in the staff page for Once Upon a Fan, that the free panel kind of poster released for um, the second half of the Oz, well, the second half of season three for the Oz storyline, 
really reminds me of the posters that they did for Oz the Great and Powerful. So um, I'm interested to see, too, if, like, what they're going to do with the wizard. Like, there are so many things about this storyline that I find so interesting. And you know what's so funny about it, too, is that back at the beginning of the season, everybody was thinking, you know, oh, like, Neverland, right? Everything was so – it was everything was about Neverland. It was all Save Henry and all of the posters and everything were all for Neverland. I never really thought, and I don't even know why. It's kind of silly that I wouldn't think why. But I never really thought about, like, the fact that we would be going to Neverland and Oz in the same season. I think that's so right. cool. And then we also have Superman going on, too. It's just so nifty. Like, I think I think it's fantastic. I love it. Um and I can't wait. I feel so the excited. same way too. All right, and then Amy, I, I think, think that you have a surprise there as well um, for a couple of things. Let's see. Um, I just I did want to throw in there too. I didn't think we were actually going to get Oz in part of the season because I thought that Oz would be the follow-up to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland since the concept was that each season it was going to be a different show. So I had no idea we were going to get it so soon. So, yeah, I was very, I'm very excited about it. But we do have information on another upcoming Amy, you're episode. breaking up really bad. Are you still there? Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me in the chat room? It looks like they can hear me. <laughs> so can you hear me now? Hmm. I'm not sure if Zach can hear me. If you guys can hear me in the chat room, post some smileys or something so I know whether to keep talking. Okay, Peter Pizza says he can hear me. So, um, Zach, put around with your phone for a minute and see if it works. <laughs> um, what our next piece of news is, is that we got the title for episode 20. You know, Adam likes to tease us with these titles. And episode 20 is going to be entitled Kansas, which could have a lot of connotations, a lot of meaning. They, he said today they start filming Kansas next week. Um, and this is, oh, see, everybody in the chat room can hear me, so it must just be that. Um, they start filming Kansas next week, and... We just wanted to note, too, Zach had noticed from way back when that, and this is not a spoiler, just something Zach noticed, that August's license plate was a Kansas license plate. So not a spoiler, just throwing that out there, just letting you know. So I see you guys can hear me. Can you guys hear Zach? Zach, can you talk or say something so they can try and see if they can hear you. You're on the Once Upon a Fan podcast. <laughs> I can hear you singing. Okay, see, okay, cool. Then we're good. It was so weird. There was like a delay where it was like every other word being delayed oh, a couple really? of seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was bizarre. I don't really know what happened there. But, yeah, um, I yeah, he did have a Kansas license plate, and I'm – even more excited about that because that just means that there's a very good chance that we could be seeing Ian Bailey come back to the show in a flashback as August. So, mm-hmm. you know, pretty stoked. And, you know, if he's visiting there in summertime, perhaps he'll visit Kansas in August. Ha ha. 
Okay. Sorry, I had to go there. Break out your Velveeta. I went there. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the podcast now, um, like the actual episode review, because we've got a special two-hour show today because of how much we have to talk about. And two episodes, especially these episodes, is uh, I've got pages of notes as normal. So um, let's go ahead and get on into this, shall we? All right. Yeah. So when we last left our, our you know, rewatch episodes, we had watched Manhattan last week, and a lot of stuff actually happens on the show in between Manhattan and, you know, these last two episodes of season two. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to just catch everybody up where we are. So, you know, we were introduced to Tamara, found out, you know, who she was, but not only that she's Neil's fiance, but also that she's, you know, a fake um as she's working with Greg and all this. Okay, cool. Um, also, you know, Belle went over the town line because Hope shot her, and, you know, she became lacy because Regina, of course, had to interfere. Um, Regina is being held captive by Greg and Tamara because Greg is actually Owen from the episode Welcome to Storybrooke, and he's also the stranger, and he was in, you know, Manhattan because, you saw Regina clean out Belle's purse with magic. I mean, all kinds of stuff really happened at the last kind of half of season two. So that kind of, you know, right, that right there makes me wonder what they're going to do in the last half of season three because I forgot how much it was like kind of breakneck there at the end of season two as far as everything that was going on. So right. um, the episode, of course, show it starts out when they do the normal, you know, previously on Once Upon a Time, it shows when, you know, Neil and Rump or excuse me, when Balefire and Rumpel were over the, you know, the, the uh, portal and Rumpel let him go and all that stuff, right? Okay. So then we see where Neil lands. We see when he comes out the other side of the portal and he lands in Kensington Gardens. I mm. just want to make sure everyone knows that that's Easter egg because one of the um, J.M. Barry novels about Peter Pan is, of course, called Peter Pan in Kensington Gardens. So I just want to make sure everybody kind of picked up on that. I don't know how many people are aware of that, or maybe everybody is aware of it. But just want to make sure that we mention that really quick. Um, which I love that, by the way, that he lands in Kensington Gardens. And then he turns around, and there's that great shot where he sees London, and, you know, the clock is ticking, and it's so Peter Pan, it's ridiculous. It just screams with Peter Pan. So yeah. I love it. So good. That's when you knew, like, when that happened, and, you know, Kensington Gardens and then the clock, you just knew what was, you know, where he was going and where he was at, and it was just, I was so excited to see what was going to come up. Gonna, I had my fingers crossed for the darlings at that point. Yeah, I couldn't wait for it. I, I was very, very excited. And then, oh, my God, because Peter Pan is just so awesome, and I remember thinking, too, like, is because I remember the big thing back then at that point was whether or not Neil was Peter Pan, like whether or not Balefire was going to end up being Peter Pan too. Remember that? Right. There were like a, a whole lot big of theories thing. out there. Yeah. So, you know, it really kind of just kind of spoke to that a lot. And then, you know, the clock and the title card. Okay, so, of course, you know, when every time they show the title, then they show something that has to do with the episode. And this time it was Big Ben, and it went to 8.15. Absolutely loved it, um, because of course, eight fifteen is really important to the show, and it's a lost Easter egg too, and all those other things. So it was just good fun, good fun. 
And yeah. so then after that, right, when we get back to the show, we've got Bay looking for food. And he looks so much like every interpretation, pretty much, of Oliver Twist that I've ever seen. I really yeah. kind of wonder then, like, you know, like, does Peter Pan exist in the same world? You know, Oliver Twist and, you know, like, mm. um, I don't know, like, and Prejudice and, you know, Sense and Sensibility, like Jane Austen novels. Like, are all those places, you know, like, are they all in the same world? Because that would be kind of nifty, kind of like in The Land mm-hmm. Without Color, where, like, Frank and then the you know the Wolfman and all those people could live together. I just thought that would be yes. Really cool. So Dracula and the Doctor. Yeah, you know, like it was really fun. I think it was cool. Um, so then, right after that, he sneaks into the house, which of course ends up being the Darling House. And I just want to point out really quick that the decor in that room is all very green. It has a lot of palm fronds going on there, right? Very, very mm-hmm. Neverland like. If you kind of think about it that way, like the jungles of Neverland, it kind of fits there. And then I've mentioned previously on the podcast, too, that Neil's um, apartment building and the hallways, kind of the inside of his apartment in Manhattan, they were green. And so Mm -hmm. was the, you know, color of the hotel in Tallahassee. So I found it kind of interesting, you know, and Neil wears green a lot, too. And it's even in the the beads on the green catcher in his window. So I just find it really interesting that that color green, you know, continues to to show up for, for Neil and that it's kind of, you know, assigned to him, so to speak. So I think that was really nifty. And it also kind of lent, I think, too, a lot to the question of whether or not he was going to end up being Peter Pan. So I really liked how they incorporated that. Um, yeah. And then and then Nana barks at him when he's going for the bread. Nana barks at him, and that's when it's like, oh, snap. I love that. And then yeah. Oh, I got it. It was like, it's time. It's Peter Pan time. I'm so excited. It was so good. I loved that they had Nana. Just, I always talk about how much I love the Once Upon a Time twist they put on things, but I absolutely loved that there was no twist on Nana. She was exactly like she was in the cartoon. She was just this big, you know, uh, St. Bernardy, chunky dog. So cute. I saw that and I was like, oh, Nana. And I actually... Have you seen the deleted scenes for this uh, episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there was a deleted scene, too. I just wanted to make see if you had it in your notes so we could talk about it in a little bit because it comes up uh, shortly. But, yeah, and I noticed, too, that with Neil and the green and the dream catcher and everything, at first we always, before we knew he had gone to Neverland, we were assuming that it was specifically, because, you know, you hang a dream catcher to keep your nightmares away, that it was specifically to keep away this dream of losing his father. But he had these other things around his room, too, you know, like protection symbols. And now, I mean, it makes more sense that not only the thing with his father, but now he also had this really traumatic Neverland history, you know, that he was wanting to save himself from. It's the Maleficent commercial. It's on TV right now. Just want to make it sure is. That and they're playing the Once Upon a Dream thing. My husband just watched yeah, it on Lana television. Del <laughs> yeah, I love Lana Del Rey's rendition of Once Upon a Dream, I just got to say. Um, yeah. It's really creepy, and it really, I think it really fits the tone of what they're going for for this movie. So it looks pretty good. And there's a new series coming out next week, too, that premieres after Once Upon a Time that I want to talk about at the end of the podcast because that looks really interesting, too. It's called Resurrection. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, 
Yeah, so um, so yeah, Nana and you know Wendy being there, and it's like the darlings and Peter Pan. Yeah, and I do have in the notes that one of the for the deleted scenes, but I have I had in my notes the deleted scene where Wendy is at the table reading the book. Right. That's the same one. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because oh my God, it relates to one of my theories about where I think the storybook came from. So, um, yeah. So yeah, we can get to that in just a well. No, should we talk about it now? Okay, let's talk about it now. So Wendy and one of the deleted scenes, Wendy <laughs> Wendy is sitting there reading The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And if anybody's familiar with that story and you know Disney movies kind of in general, then you'll know that um, The Sorcerer's Apprentice is the name like that's the name of the sequence in Fantasia where Mickey Mouse, you know, is that uh, he puts on the sorcerer's hat and makes the brooms come to life and mm-hmm. you know like it, it floods saw everything. That hat it's, it's, how do you in do Skin Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that hat we, is one of the hat. relics that that uh, Beast or oh. Rumple keeps in his castle. It's in that room full of his trophies or, you know, whatever you want to call them. That, that Sorcerer's Apprentice hat is in there in that room. It's in a shot that we have of Regina. She stands right in front of it and they're next to it. So, yeah, I love that scene. Yeah. I thought of you when I watched that delicious scene because the book that she happens to read is The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which leads right into your whole theory yeah. of Yenswood and everything. Loved it. Yeah, and if, if anybody is unfamiliar with that, I'm going to just go through it really quick. Um, I have a theory that the person who wrote the storybook is Yensid, the sorcerer from Fantasia, from The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And I know that might sound outlandish, but as Amy just pointed out, the book, or the hat rather, is actually in Skin Deep. It's mm-hmm. in Rumpel's Trophy Room. It's there. So it's not completely, you know, unfeasible that it, that could be the case. Plus, you know, if you if everybody thinks back to going home, when the Blue Fairy is talking to Snow about how their story will present itself to Emma in time, and Snow asks, you know, what are you talking about? Like, ha, what, what, our story, what does that mean? The Blue Fairy says, I don't know yet. Now, that's a, that's a thing to say. You know, for you to say, hi, right. we're just going to, you know, you just gotta trust that your kid is going to get the information she needs and it's going to show up through our story one day. I don't know exactly how, but it will. Just trust me. Like, it just makes me right. think that since she doesn't have the information that she needs, that, or, or she, doesn't, that she doesn't does. have that answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that somebody else does. Somebody else had to have helped them with the storybook. Well, who would be more perfect to do that than Yancey the Sorcerer, who's been, you know, who's older than Rumpelstiltskin, let's say. And has been watching all the stuff unfold. Plus, there's the other thing of if you look at Fantasia, the book that Mickey Mouse is looking at, that like the Sorcerer's book, that he uses to make the brooms and everything come to life, it looks just like Henry's storybook. It does. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm just oh. saying. Because I always thought it would be really cool if time there ended up being this huge ongoing struggle that's been happening behind the scenes between these really powerful good and evil forces that we haven't even seen yet, and that mm. the sorcerer, Yensid, would be on the side of good, and that Chernabog from Night on Bald Mountain, which is also in Fantasia, would end up being the big bad who was, you know, even worse than Rumpel and worse than everybody. Right. And he's it was not that be the classic, thing. you know, not, not necessarily biblical, even like, you know, classic literature, you know, you see it in things like Star Wars, it's the... It's, a basis of so much literature 
you have the forces of evil and the forces of good, and then there's all this manipulation and things in between that fall kind of both ways. But if in the end it ends up that, that you know, your theory is correct and there, you know, we have two sides of this, that could be really, I think that would be just a, a really epic battle to end up on before we get our fluffy animal wedding and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like there has to be some big, huge, I just want there to be some like big epic battle, like, can we just make the finale of Once Upon a Time, like, the series finale? Can we all just agree now that it should be, like, a two-hour movie? Like, that we all just go yeah. sit in the movie theater and watch? <laughs> totally down for this. Like, throw it up on the huge big-screen projector. A bunch of, like, we can do it in specific cities, right? Monsters can all gather there around. Go. Go to the Somebody get this memo to Adam like and Eddie. <laughs> Absolutely. We can all get dressed up like characters. We can show it in, like, big cities like L.A., New York, Austin, you know, somewhere in Florida, like Orlando, perhaps Seattle. You know, a couple of other places. Mm-hmm. People can get all dressed up. We could have a big old premiere of it in Steveston, right? The whole cast could go. We, like, a bunch of monsters could go. We could all go to a big movie theater together, dressed up like characters, having a good old golly gee goody time. Like, it would just be so awesome. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now that we're true. done living in the dream world. <laughs> okay, so the episode then. Yeah. So then it goes to, okay, so now we go from, I've completely lost track of this podcast. Okay, so Nana and Wendy, yay. So we're at the Darling's house. Then we see that Tamara is there with Neil, and she's going to go for a run. Oh, that's good. She's healthy. She wants to get her exercise in. Oh, but wait. As we later find out, that's not the case. That's not what she does at all. But we'll get to that in just a second. So then... We have a scene where, like, you know, after she goes for her run and, you know, goes and meets Greg and all that other good stuff because they're such great people and they're such a fantastic couple together. We get the scene where mm-hmm. Gold tells Whale, like, attacking him outside the rabbit hole, saying that, you know, he's saying, kiss my boot, right? Because he looked at Belle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that first. You because mean the lacy. Yeah. yeah well, he looked yeah, at Racy Lacy. Rich. Oh, my God. I can't. The less said about Lacey, the better. Okay, so <laughs> just because uh, I love Belle. I do not like Lacey. I like Belle. So, you know, right. please forgive me for saying, you know, well, I said about Lacey, the better, but that's just how. So, anyways. Um, after, so, okay. I just want to point out that when he's saying kiss my boot, right, that's like exactly mm. what was going on in Death Souls, which we did not watch for the episode of Rewatch, but... That's exactly what was happening back in Desperate Souls when Rumpel was trying to get Bellfire away in the first place from having to go fight in the war, right? He was like, right. that the Hordor was like, kiss my boot, being a total jerk. So then, mm-hmm. and so it totally relates back to that, right? Okay, cool. So then Neil pops up and he stops the attack from happening. And Neil points out that Rumpel hasn't visited him at all since he came back to town, right? And the only thing that I could say to that was exactly... That was exactly my thought, too. Like, Neil came to town after this whole huge struggle. He searched for 300 years, cast a curse, went to Manhattan, had that whole argument, convinced him to come back to Storybrooke because he was hurt. All that other stuff happened. And then he spent all of his time with Lacey. Yeah. What? That is good. <laughs> I'm, I was confused. Like, what? I can't have cheeseburger? That kind of thing? I was confused. Like, I didn't understand what was happening with that. And I totally agree with, you know, 
with where Neil is coming from on that because he's totally correct on that matter. So, yeah, just saying. Mm. Yeah. What are just, your thoughts on I that? I don't know. About you? <laughs> it just seems like, you know, he tried so hard and he's making the effort and then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's got Bell back. And I don't know, maybe just the, the thought of having some form of her back kind of pushed him into whatever, you know, going back to the, the wickedness that he had before. But, yeah, that definitely reminded me of Desperate Souls. That's exactly what I thought of. The scene was almost exactly the same. It's throw on some different costumes in a different setting, and it's exactly the same. And, of course, you know, Karma and Neil sees him actually do it, which just proves in Neil's mind that, you know, he's not changed at all. So, yeah, I was like, come on, Rumpel. Yeah, 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 totally. You know, I'm sitting here watching the Oscars, and I would love to see the cast up once upon a time. Anyways, like, she looks so cute in her little red dress. It made me think of Emma, that Jennifer Lawrence. She's so cute. Okay, so, um, anyways. Yeah, she fell so outside. That, like... <laughs> she fell on her way in outside. Poor Jen. Oh, no. She does not yeah. have luck oh, so at that's... the Oscars. <laughs> Oh, that. Yeah. oh, well, you know, so she's really able to laugh at herself a lot, and I love her to death, so, yeah. Um, all right, so, yeah, then the Charmings, right? The Charmings break into Regina's empty office after that. And mm. they see that, you know, the security override was used on the alarm, and she left evidence of the beans being there. And it's all very un-Regina-like, right? Hmm, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Well, Emma, of course, suspects Tamara, as she should, because Tamara is a horrible human being. So... Yes, she um, is. <laughs> she just is. So, because she, later on in the episode, you know, she shoot. yeah, it's just not okay what she does. So, um, and then after that, you know, we see that Hook is, in fact, helping Greg and Tamara. Of course, we already knew that, but we get to see where it shows that. And Regina has been, you know, she's strapped down on the table, and they're basically about to electrocute her and, you know, all that other good stuff. They're going to torture her. Okay, that's fantastic. Good for you. You're somebody, Greg, and tomorrow you tortured the evil queen. All right, so then I just want to point out, too, that Regina references this whole thing in Going Home, like when they're in the pawn shop, and she's like, mm-hmm. I haven't forgotten that, by the way. That's what she's talking about. She's talking about when Hook was torturing her. So it all, you know, it just, again, full circle relates back to one more thing. Okay, cool. So then we get to see that Regina was tortured, which I uh, really just... Uh, yeah, just I didn't know how to feel about that because torture is never okay. Like, yeah, it's just so that weird was a to tough see. Scene to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that was a tough scene to watch. I mean, I know how you're you're totally you know all Emma <laughs> and I'm the big evil regal, but I think even for people who weren't evil regals, this was a little some of it was a little tough to watch because they really, really made, you know, Tamara and Greg into just complete villainified characters. And, I mean, we learned that Greg has some kind of, you know, motivation, but Tamara's just so, yeah. It was difficult to watch. Yes, very much. Um 
Especially because even though I always wanted Regina to get her comeuppance in some way, I didn't want it mm-hmm. to happen like that, you know. So right. it was just kind of, you know, it was kind of bad. And then after that, in the flashback, we see the scene where the darlings are in Wendy's room, and she's, you know, they find Bay because he's been hiding in the walls. And so, you know, they find him, and they allow him to come stay in the house. And I really got the feeling when I was watching this episode again that there was a lot of stuff that was cut out of that scene. It kind of has a weird flow to it. It's kind of a little jerky. I feel like they cut some stuff out. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only well, that's also where the deleted scene kind of fit in. And so, yeah, I'm sure that all of these episodes get cut for time. So there's plenty of stuff that we well, don't Well, I know that they see. do, but that scene in particular really stuck to me. Like, it really stood out to me that, you know, it seemed like there was just something missing. So that's just what I thought of. Um, so then after that, right, we get the scene where, you know, like it's later on that night and they're sleeping in the nursery and Wendy is at the window. And she tells Bay that she's waiting for the shadow. And she mentions the fact that the shadow showed up about the same time the bell fire did. Right. Hmm. Convenient. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know what, though? What I also was thinking about this was that, you know, and and it kind of relates to something that that is at the, the very end of the second episode of And Straight On Till Morning. How did Pan? How did Pan know about Henry? Like, how did he know? And that totally relates back to my theory about Yensid the sorcerer being the person who wrote the storybook, because it has to be somebody who knows the entire history of the Enchanted Forest. Like, mm-hmm. it's not because it's got hundreds of years of history in that book. And so, right. you know, at the same time, Pan has a hundred, hundred, you know, centuries old drawing of Henry from way before he was born, how did he get it? Where did it come from? Like, I'm confused. I is confused. There has to be, like, a person who drew that drawing of Henry and gave it to Pan is the same person who wrote the book because they look very similar. So that's just what I right. think. I don't know. Maybe I'm, but that's just what I think. So that, that's where that whole thing comes in place. I was hoping, honestly, to see more of the interaction between Bay and Pan during the hundred or so years he was on the island. Because while Bay was there, he didn't realize, obviously, that Pan was his grandfather. But Pan would have known, you know. So I, I, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that interaction between them. Yeah, I thought it was very... Yeah, so there's just something to think about there. Like, the shadow appeared at the same time Bay did. So does that mean then that that was, like, Pan was like, oh, shadow, now is the time. The kid is here. Go get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Mm-hmm. There's just a lot to think about with that. So then after that, we see the scene where the Charmings go to Rumple for help. And he goes, they need to find Regina. And mm-hmm. R- Rumple has one of Regina's tears just on file. And Snow asked the very same question that I do. Don't Why we does he all have, have what are Regina's tears on oh, file somewhere? Oh, absolutely. I've got, little does everyone know, I've got the Wicked Witch's green tears bottled up in my jar, too. Like, I use it for cologne. So, awesome. I was just like, yeah, right? 
So uh, that, what do you think is in that polo bottle? Ah, it's not just the glass, it's green. Okay, so, like, why does he have the tear, though? Like, where did it come from? Why? When? What? How? Who? Like, did he? And maybe, oh, I just had a new theory pop up in my head just now. So what if he got that tear from Regina when she was a baby and it relates to the scene, like, and it relates to what's coming up later on this season when we've got his young Cora, and we saw, you know, the picture she tweeted out, spoiler alert, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, of herself holding a baby on the set, right. like a, freshly, a, a freshly birthed babe. So, um, is it all, like, hmm, maybe he got it for, oh, that would be so cool. He has it because Regina cried as a baby, and he took one of her tears. Oh, that would be so sweet. He did say that okay. he, he held her, he knew her when she was much more portable. I do want to pop it and say yeah. that I just got a message on Twitter from Keegan Connor Tracy. Keegan plays the Blue Fairy, and she's trying to get to 30,000 followers. She's at 28,000 now. So if you guys are not already following Keegan, if you could jump on Twitter and follow her, her handle is actually at Kegolicious. So um, she's trying to get to 30, and I told her that we would announce on the podcast and try and help her out with that. So if you're not already following Keegan, jump on and follow her because she is hilarious. There you go. Okay, back to uh back to Crygina as Peter Pizza puts it in the uh in the chat yeah, room. Crygina. Right. So what 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 is going on here? What is going on? I'm I'm confused. Like I really want the baby to, I want the tear to have come from baby Regina. That's what I want. Okay, that's what I want. Okay. So um and then we get another scene with Drunk Lacey. Like, Drunk Lacey is in that scene. Mm. Drunk Lacey sucks. She just does. You know what I thought about in this episode? That, and I know we're not to the part yet, but I'm afraid I'll forget to mention it. When I was re-watching this, I was thinking that when she finally gets woken up and, you know, she she drinks the, the potion and Remember, she says she's Belle. Like, I wonder if she wakes up and thinks, oh, I'm Belle, here's my memories. Why am I so damn drunk? Because <laughs> she knows she's been drinking for days at this point. That's what exactly I thought when I watched this. <laughs> <sighs> Poor drunk, Belle. Yeah, like, like, no doubt, man. Like, when she came back as Belle, sitting there in that... You know, in the pawn in the shop. shop. Yeah. But like, you know, at a certain oh, point when I they were walking you, over, <laughs> Well, no, like at a certain point though when she was walking, like when they were walking over to the docks, right? You know, she had to be like, baby, <laughs> I think I'm like, rumble, baby, sweetie, darling. You might want to write all this down. Because <laughs> I'm not going to remember one. this. In a couple hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad that the Blue Fairy figured everything out at the last minute. Okay, so yeah. um, we get to see after, oh. you know, Drunk Lacey, where we see that Charming, is putting, he puts the tear in Snow's eye, and then she has her seizure and freaks out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That is a really difficult scene to watch, too, because, like, she's experiencing torture. Like, oh, my God. I just, uh, it's a lot. And then we see uh, right after that, right, the shadow takes Wendy. 
And I remember when I, I saw this too, the first time that we Shadow, that is the creepiest shadow I have ever, like, that, oh my God. That shadow was so creepy. So creepy. I would not go anywhere with that shadow. <laughs> no, why would you want to? Have you seen, like, I want to be like, Wendy, darling, have you seen it? Are you looking? Um, <laughs> What? Why are you going anywhere with a creepy-ass shadow that has lights for eyes? Girl, we need to talk. Like, I'm just hey, saying. Wendy was easy. <laughs> She's like, oh, guy who can fly. Woo, just my type. <laughs> Maybe she's into the bad boy thing. <laughs> that is so horrible. God, yeah, Wendy, yeah, no, oh, my God, no. I can't, I can't. There's, I could go, I can't. I, I just have to leave that one alone. Okay. After that, right, we see Emma and Neil, and they're down on the beach. And Emma has a couple of lines that I really, really found pretty interesting. Because she says, mm-hmm. what do you want to hear, Neil? That it killed me that you didn't come looking for me even when I was locked up? That it didn't hurt that you found Tallahassee with someone else? I would never yeah. really paid attention to that line. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm upset? I love that line. That, that you found Tallahassee with someone else. That for Emma, Tallahassee was the ultimate happy ending dream. So much right. so that she refers to it in such a way. I find that so amazing. Like mm. it's so kind of it's so heartbreaking. Like I never really thought about the significance of that line before, but it really is sad. And I thought about it specifically because when she said that, I was like, Well, we've watched Tallahassee, like, we saw that whole thing, like, it was like the culmination, almost like the the resolution, if you will, to that situation, and I was really touched by it, it really stuck out to me, like, it was just really kind of sad, especially because then later on, you know, like, Tamara runs up, and, you know, you know, and then she leaves, and Yeah, you know, and then she leaves, and then it's Emma and Neil down on the beach, and he apologizes, and so does she. And it plays the, it plays their song. It plays their little theme song from Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And it was so just kind of, it was really, really sad and heartbreaking, I thought. Like, I was really kind of touched by it. It really, that whole thing really stood out to me. So I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that here on the podcast, too. I think that's a really great line. And I I love that, you know, in her mind, her you know, happiness, she associates just not even with specifically with the place, like Tallahassee, she doesn't literally mean, you know, he found and went to Tallahassee. Tallahassee was just like her end game, her happy ending. And everybody knows that, that I'm kind of swan fire and I know you are too, but I would love to see, you know, somewhere down the line that, that line brought in again about, you know, finding our Tallahassee or something like that in whatever capacity. I think that could be a really emotional, just, you know, one-liner to put in there anywhere. Yeah. Um, wow, they're really rocking this musical number, aren't they? All right, so I just saw, I just wanted to say, point out to you that while we were talking on the Oscars, they had this little great montage of all these animated heroes. I think that Disney characters made up. Yeah, I think I think that Disney characters made up more, at least half, if not more than half, of that montage. Pretty sure. Yes. Um, yes. I saw snow. Hashtag, I saw hashtag, Peter Pan. I'm just saying. Yeah, I saw, I saw Little Mermaid. I saw it all. Yeah. Mhm. 
All right, Ooh. so, okay. I know, right? Oh, get it, Meryl Streep. Go ahead with yourself on that musical number. She's dancing <laughs> in the front row. Oh, go ahead, Amy Adams, to Miss Giselle in Enchanted. Yep, loving it. Absolutely go for it, babe. Okay, loving it. Okay, so then, right, I just want to point out one more thing about that scene, too, if I can. Okay. If you look at Neil's scarf, everybody, when you watch that episode, look at Neil's scarf. If you watch it again, look at his scarf. Neil's scarf matches Henry's scarf. Mm. It's a little bit different, but they're the same. It's red and gray. He has, like, they wear the same scarf. Tots to dorbs. Totally. Oh, my God. It's so good. I love it. I just had to point that out. He apologizes, as I said, and then, then we get the big reveal that Tamara and Neil want to destroy magic. Wow, good for you. Aren't you guys something special? All right. Yeah. And then, you know, so and Regina, horrible. of course, just laughs at it. She's like, okay, um, you can't do that. And then they're like, oh, no, we're, we can. We've done it before. Magic has appeared before. And isn't that fascinating that magic has appeared in their in our world before, and, mm-hmm. you know, somebody had to come up. Like, isn't that fascinating? Like, wouldn't it be something, right, if, like, Walt Disney ended up being some kind of, like, shield agent who, like, back in the day, like, every time, you know, magic somehow appeared in our world, he had to clean it up, and the way that he kind of diverted attention from it was by making animated movies of what he had just seen. Like, that's really what's going on with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., You'll see it on the next episode on, on Tuesday. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. Anyway. Once Upon a Shield, yeah. That's the, we're not Once getting Wonderland crossover. Yeah. We're getting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. crossover. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the bleeding Thor episode Thor is. <laughs> Ruffle has oh Thor's hammer. It I'm just saying. There, he does have Thor's hammer. We saw it in his castle. There, you heard it here first. Agents of Shield. Oh my God. Oh, you just clearly had too much caffeine. That was, that was <laughs> great, though. Like, a, you know, on the next episode of Agents of Shield, Rumpelstiltskin has arrived. And it's like Thor and Rumpelstiltskin having, like, a stare down, right? And they have to, like, go to Asgard or something and, like, defeat Loki somehow, but they need Rumpel's help because he's, like, the Dark One. Dude. Mm. There's a whole fan fiction just waiting to happen here. Okay, so. I know. um, After that, we see the scene where, you know, it's like Snow is recovering from, you know, being connected to Regina. And, um, you know, she feels cold. You know, Snow smells sardines. And, you know, all this other greatness is happening. (laughs) (laughs) And Emily. Emma figures out where Regina is, and she, because she's on the phone with Charming, she tells Charming that they need to get down to the, you know, down to the docks, down to the cannery, because you know that's that's where there would be a sardine smell. So, <laughs> so then we, in the flashback, we get you know the part where the uh, Balefire is vowing to protect the darlings and. You know, Wendy is describing Neverland because she's just come back after the shadow took her, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and the way that she describes Neverland is very creepy. Um, it's it not is. a place I want to go. And the fact that it's called Neverland because the shadow never lets you leave. I um, loved that. That was like my favorite twisty thing from this episode. 
I love that the fact that that you know for years people the lore was that it was Neverland because you know you never grow up and you never have to do anything you don't want to do and all this other stuff and then Wendy it says that line that it's called Neverland because you can never leave and talks about the crying of the children all night long. I was like, oh, that just made the Peter Pan story so incredibly creepy. Yeah, that totally just owned, you know, changed Peter Pan forever in my brain, just a little bit. Mm. Like, have you seen that meme that's been on the Internet? There's this meme that's been on the Internet where it's like a picture of Peter Pan, and it's got a quote on it, and it says, that all the kids in Peter Pan were dead and that Peter Pan was really an angel leading them to heaven and that's why they never grew up. I have did see that? that. I have. That, has, that I, also I, mean, I don't interpret it that way at all. I, don't, I do not have that kind of interpretation going on for it at all. But, oh, my God, isn't that such an interesting thing, to, like an interesting way to look at that story? I never really thought about that in a million years. Maybe that's what the symbolism of Peter Pan is for. I don't know. But, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Peter Pizza just typed the exact same line in the chat room that I was typing at the exact same time. It says, you can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. The line's from the Hotel California. Come which I like. Hotel I mean, I've always. Yeah. That's Neverland is the Hotel California. There you go. See, Peter and Pizza and I, we share a brain. <laughs> Hotel Neverland. Oh, Absolutely. So then then we see Golden Lacey in the shop, and she tells him that he needs to kill whoever can stop him because he tells her about the prophecy and all that other good stuff. Okay, well, hmm. So then after that, right, Emma and Neil are going through, you know, like the cannery, and she's talking to Neil, and she's like, I need to know that you've got my back. And Neil says what I think is one of the funniest lines of this episode. He goes, Emma, if Tamara is holding Regina, wait, here at her evil lair at the docks, yeah, I got your back. Because the way that he says, like, evil lair, like, yes, you know, evil lair down at the docks, he's totally just being like, you know, like, yes, the evil villain has the evil lair, and I will protect you as we go through it, my dear. Oh, like, he just, it's just hilarious. Meanwhile, the Legion of Doom... Exactly, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like meanwhile, at the Fortress of Solitude, like, you know, or something. Like it's it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, it's just one of the funniest things. So then, um, after that, we see, you know, like, we got the scene where Regina reveals that Greg's dad is dead and that she buried him at their campsite. Okay. Hey. I remember thinking right then that I, I, I didn't know whether or not to believe her. I wasn't sure I if she really done her. it. I didn't believe I did really not think believe, yeah, she was I, telling the truth. No. Even when he dug up, like, went there and, like, dug up, you know, the piece of clothing and all that and a little bit of the remains, I still thought that that was not what had happened. <laughs> but since they never talked yeah, about it again, I'm assuming that she really did kill yeah. him. Yeah. Like, I need to see a scene. Like, I need to see her take his heart. Sorry. So, yeah, then I'll believe it. So then after that, right, we see the scene where the shadow, t- you know, shows up and takes Balefire, and they go traveling through the city, you know, like through London, and the clock is at 8.15, and... No, wait, was the clock at 8.15? Oh, 
I don't know if it was or not. I can't believe I didn't look for that. Wow, fail on my part. Sorry. Okay, so um, do you remember, Amy, was the clock at 8.15 when Neil is, or when Bellfire is flying around London? I know the, the time shadow, or that it, it did show the clock. Yeah, the time that it showed the clock when he was flying, it was at 8.15. And then you can see in the distance two stars and that they're headed for the one on the right, the second star to the right. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Okay, cool. How can I not make I'm a sorry, note I need of that? To get Probably because I was trying to on me somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be one of mine. It's going to be. Yeah, I've got. I think I'm going to put. Um, I've got to figure out how to put. Oh, I know. It'll just be the Storybrooke Clock Tower. Duh, that's what it'll be. Because for anybody who's um, unaware of that, because maybe you weren't a fan of the podcast or Once Upon a Fan last summer, I have a Once Upon a Time tattoo on my right forearm. Um, I've got. Charming sword going into an apple that has a bite taken out of it. And then right below that, I have a swan wearing the two necklaces that Emma always wears. And then right below that, I have Henry's storybook um, with a bunch of purple smoke kind of coming around it. And I'm going to add a bunch more to it, like Chip and Emma's yellow bug and Rumpel's dagger and Hook's hook and, you know, the Mad Hatter's hat and the clock tower. A bunch of stuff. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, it's super cool. You know, I can't wait till it's done. It's just going to, you know, time-wise, I just can't wait for it. But, yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, so okay. then we got the scene where they're, you know, they're going through, you know, the cannery, and, you know, Tamara attacks Emma. And I was just like, really? And then, you know, she... They had a good fight, though. That was a really... I mean, people... I heard people say, oh, for... For a girl fight, that was for a girl fight. Nothing. That was a good fight for anybody because they were wailing on each other. Yeah, totally. Like, but then, right? That's the part where you know she reveals the truth to Neil that, oh yeah, I've been playing you for a sucker this whole time, and then Mm -hmm. she shoots him. Like, I remember when she shot him, like, and I even said it, like, when I was watching this episode. And this is not exactly what I said, but this is pretty much what I was going to say, you know, when I was watching the episode. I was like, she shot Neil, and I said, oh, no, witch, no, you're done. You need to go. You need to get off my show. You need to get out of town. You got to go, because that's just not okay. It's inappropriate Mm -hmm. behavior, and I won't tolerate it. So, I'm not having it. No, witch, no, you got to go. No, I will not tolerate it. So, like, and don't look at me at that tone of voice either, Tamara. I'm telling you, you got to go. Okay, so that's just that. <laughs> so then, um, let me get on. All right, so then Greg finds his dad. Like, he actually goes to the campsite, and that's when he finds his dad, and he finds his remains and everything, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, wait, wait. Sorry, I skipped some notes. Okay. So, yes, yeah, yeah, Tamara yeah. totally gets so Tamara totally gets her ass handed to her by Emma. Sorry for cussing, but that's exactly what happened. She got her ass handed to her. And then in order to win, she throws the bean, which opens the portal, and, of course, you know, then runs away like, you know, a coward. A fight and there. then, yeah. right, so then, you know, it's, we've got the whole thing of, you know, Neil and Emma are by the portal, and then they're, they're safe because they're on the ground, and then, no, they're not, the floorboard, they're going to break. And then Neil is going to be sitting there, hanging on to Emma for dear life, and that great scene where he says, you know, she says, I need you. I love you. And he says, I love you too. 
And she's telling him not to let go. And then he lets go of her hand and falls into the portal. And I was just like, why did you do that, dude? Like, what are you thinking? I think he was afraid that if he didn't let go, that she was going to fall in, too, and then Henry wouldn't have either of them. That's what I think. I think that he was thinking that that he had to sacrifice himself so that Henry could have Emma and that at least he'd have his mom. That's what I think. I don't know what to think. So... <laughs> Doug is so confused. I, I, am, I am so confused. And then Emma's like, yeah, he's falls through the portal and it's just, you know, bull. And then... Um, And then that's when we get the scene where Greg finds his dad, his remains, like digging up in the ground. And, okay, that was really the reminder for me that as I'm sitting here wanting Regina to get rescued because she needs to be rescued, like the ultimate reminder that this woman is so evil that, look, you know, look what she did. Mm. And it really kind of just, it pulled at my emotions. It pulled at the heartstrings. It made you think, you know, made you feel. Made you do stuff. Yeah, because she's not one dimension, you know. She's very layered of all the – and I love her, and I love my villains, but she is, you know, she's not all bad and she's not all good. She really isn't just a villain. She's a villain and a hero. You know, she's she's this really great, strong combination of both. I think that's probably why I like her so much, aside from the fact she has fabulous clothes. She – She's, she is. God, you know who else? I was really close. Channing Tatum is his tux of his at the Oscars. Okay, keep going. <laughs> but, yeah, she's she's both. She's a, she's a villain and a hero, and she gets to be the hero in the season finale. She gets to be the hero a couple of times. She just keeps, you know, she's very shades of gray, so she kind of keeps falling back and and. She, you know, she gets impatient and then sometimes makes the wrong choices. So, yeah, I think that, I think that's one of the reasons that I just adore her so much. Yeah, I was really kind of – it just added another kind of layer to Regina in a way of, like, how I look at her, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. she's still the evil thing. She still has that evil thing. Look what she did with that whole situation. And yet here I am rooting for the Charmings and Emma – to go rescue her. Like, right. again, God, the way, God, she's just such a fabulous character. She's just fantastic. Okay. So, I got to admit, while you were talking, I had to mute the phone because I was having, like, a sneezing attack. Oh, no. So, if I'm suddenly, <laughs> not, yeah, somehow if I sound a little less, you know, stuffy, yeah, sorry. So, um, after that, we get the scene where, you know, the Mother Superior, you know, Mother Blue Superior, as it were, she comes in and she heals Regina with her wand, but she says that she's got to rest and, you know, all that other stuff. Mm. And then Emma comes home and she tells her parents about Neil, you know, being shot and, you know, everything else. Mm. Which is really, really, like, like her kind of, her disbelief kind of at everything that's just happened is really, it's palpable. She's just like, doesn't know what to do. And then after that, we get the scene where, you know, 
the shadow is taking Balefire to to um, Neverland, and you can hear mm-hmm. all the kids crying. And it's so creepy. It is so creepy. Yes. <laughs> True. That just I mean, it's just like Wendy said, the air is filled at night with the sounds of the children crying for, you know, home and mother, but you can never leave Hotel Neverland. <laughs> Once you're there, that's it. Hmm. Yeah, Lori yeah. says she used to really, love Neverland really and she heard the kids crying. Hmm. So true. Thank God the Neverland wasn't that. like that when we were stuck on the flight at Disney World. Yes. Best 15 minutes ever. <laughs> Amy, tell everybody that story really quick, would you? So, for those of you, I know a lot of you in the chat room, you know, a couple of you were there. Um, but those of you who have listened, when we had our Spot <laughs> a Fan meetup, Back in November, and we went to EnchantaCon, one of the days we were all together at Magic Kingdom, and the majority of the staff, along with some friends like Peter Pizza and Marie, who uh, helps run the Ugly Ducklings website, um, we all rode Peter Pan. It was one of the big things we wanted to do together while we were there. So when we got there on the ride, if you're not familiar with it, you sit two people to a flying ship, and you start off in our world, you fly past Big Ben, then you get to Neverland, and once all of our ships that Once Upon a Fan and Friends were in the Neverland room, the ride shut down, like completely shut down, and it kept they kept telling us like every five minutes, this ride is about to start again, and then the music would get louder, and it wouldn't start they could not get the ride going so for like 15 minutes we were all stuck in neverland and zach and i were in the same cart and we could not stop laughing he filmed some of it we were cracking up because we were right in front of the tiger lily and right next to the mermaid and zach was like somebody send a mermaid or a portal a hat perhaps and i was like tan is just being a rat bastard he won't let us leave neverland so Zach starts filming. He's like, okay, if we never make it out of here, Pan won't let us leave Neverland. We must save Henry. So it was like this whole thing, and we were stuck in there for a good 15 or 20 minutes, and it was probably some of the best 15 or 20 minutes of my life. I still That's probably one of my best memories from that whole Enchanticon weekend was being stuck in Neverland with Zach and Once Upon a Fan and Marie and Peter. So so much fun, and it was hilarious what? and ironic that it was Neverland that we got stuck in. Well, places for us to be stuck in, we were stuck in Neverland, just like the Charmings and all of our heroes on the show. Like, <laughs> we couldn't have asked for more. It was just, it was so funny. It was, <laughs> oh my god, the coincidence that it was so good. So, um, anyways, back to the. Back to the uh, episode review, I guess we should get back to that. <laughs> so then, um, Bay, you know, Belfire gets pulled in onto the Jolly Roger by Hook, and mm-hmm. then we see, you know, in you know, back at Storybrooke, Emma and Charming are sitting on the stairs, and she says that she doesn't know what to tell Henry, and he kisses her on the head, and it's so sweet because that he always has done that since she was born. He's kissed her on the head, and it's something that it's a little touch that Josh Joss has continued. 
Like, it's something that, you know, Charming always does. And I just love it. It's just so sweet and showing, like, you know, he's such a father to her. And, God, it's just so dang adorable. And when Josh Dallas and Jenny Goodwin have their kids, oh, my God, can you even imagine what kind of daddy he's going to be? Oh, my God, it's going to be just so adorable. So Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, um, for anybody who's listening to the podcast and is interested, um, they are doing Best Animated Short right now on the Oscars and Get a Horse, which is um, a Disney... Um, short, which uh, plays before Frozen, is up for the awards. So if you're interested, they're announcing that Oscar right now. And I don't Being know Being announced by McConaughey <laughs> and some woman with some plastic surgery. I'm not sure who she is. <laughs> I don't recognize her. And I don't know who won, but oh, they're very I, happy about okay. it. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't win. Mr. 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 Hableu. Something just won. Yeah, okay. hey, good for them. I have no idea how to say Congratulations, that. Congratulations, Mr. Hubbard. I don't, I don't know how to say I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not French. So if it's supposed to be French or if it's not, you know, who knows? I don't know. So then um, after that, uh, we get to, okay, so then we get the scene that really made me question something else, right? Okay, cool. So we get the scene where Tamara comes in and tells Greg that, you know, they – the home office knows about the trigger to, like, destroy Storybrooke. And then at the same time that that's happening, it goes back to Regina where she talks about how she had a fail-safe built into the curse. Or, you know, like the, mm. she had the trigger thing built into the curse. Okay, for, for, first of all, okay, let's talk. Okay, we're going to sit and have coffee talk for a minute, okay? All right. <laughs> so, first of all, how the hell does the home office know about the trigger? Number one. And number two, how the hell did Regina have it built into the curse in the first place when Rumpelstiltskin made it? Like, what? How are these things happening? Is this thing on? Is it making any sense? Like, I don't understand what's happening here. It really makes one think, doesn't it? I I have no idea how that little caveat got put into the curse. I mean, it's the Regina likes her shiny sparklies, and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe it was just a whole separate spell that I don't know. Not necessarily would break the curse, but would destroy the town. And she was going to use the beans. Well, that's what it was for. It wasn't necessarily to break the curse. It was going to destroy the town, and she was going to use the beans to get her and Henry back. I don't understand. You know what? Maybe it. it was like a miracle grow curse, Jewel, like the miracle grow fertilizer, because apparently that's what happened when you wax it. All the trees and grass and vines and everything started growing. Okay. So clearly, okay, they're doing. It's the sure. miracle grow. They're doing a best animated feature. Hold on. <laughs> Apparently, this woman Frozen! is Frozen! Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, Frozen just won for Best Anime. I'm slightly happy <laughs> about it. I still haven't seen okay. it yet. I just want to say, okay, I just want to say, right, I went to, um, I went to a show today. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a, a breakfast brunch with celebrity impersonations, and it's um, like celebrity illusions, rather. Um, it's also, mm-hmm. you know, the common, most people know it as like a drag show. So I went there today, and my fabulous friend, Christy, did Let It Go, and she had on the same dress, she had on the wig, she rocked it, she rocked it so good, 
And now it's winning at the Oscars. I'm just so happy about that. Christy, if you're listening, I love your show today, babe. It was fantastic. Okay, so anyways. So then the episode ends with, you know, like, Regina is sitting there talking, you know, she's, and I, this is what I couldn't believe either. I couldn't get over it. Regina's like, you want to talk justification? Like, as far as them talking about how she was going to use the curse to kill everybody, she goes, you want to talk justification? You were going to abandon me. And I just wanted to be like, um, are you kidding me right now with this, Regina? Seriously? <laughs> are we being serious right now? You're telling me that you were going to kill everybody in this town because they were going to take your son and save him to live with, like, his family and stuff. Oh, my God, woman. Can you get over yourself a little bit, please? Like, Regina, I love you. J'adore you. Je can't get enough of you, darling. You're fabulous. You know, no capes. But I don't understand. I'm just, I'm very confused. So then the episode basically ends with the trigger and, you know, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> and oh, no. I, I like that in there. And, oh, no. Like, what are, what are they going to do? Like, you know, what's, what's the girl to do? Like, what's the princess to do? What are the charmings to do? Okay. So then the episode picks up, you know, the episode ends. And it picks up, the, the, the actual finale of the season picks up with Hook and Smee on the Jolly Roger in Neverland. And I just want to point out really quick that the Jolly Roger is actually the Lady Washington ship, which is based here out of Seattle where I live. I'm very, very proud of that fact. So I just wanted to point that really quickly. Um, then we have the scene where Bay, like Bellfire and Hook are on the ship. And, you know, Hook, and, and it's something that totally plays back to um, Skin Deep, by the way, I just want to say. Hook asked Balefire his name, and he refuses to give it. And then he asked him again, he said, what's your name? And it totally reminds me of when Regina is asking Gold, what's mm. your name, when he's in the cell. Make, doesn't it make you think of that? Yeah, from Skin Deep. Names have a yeah. lot of... Uh... A lot of power, a lot of importance in, in many of the storylines here, who the people are. I mean, that's in the, you know, in the moment, especially Rumpelstiltskin. He's even said several times that he traffics in names, which harkens back kind of to the original Rumpelstiltskin story, which was obviously not a kiddie, fun fairy tale story. But, yeah, definitely reminded me of that. Even though Rumpelstiltskin was one of my favorite um, fairy tales growing up, to be honest with you, I always thought it was, I don't know why, but it was always one of my favorites. But the other thing that I want to say, too, um, and I'm glad that you touched on it with Rumpel saying, you know, he has said that he traffics in names. Isn't it so interesting, like, the fact that when he, with names for him, given their importance, he calls Belle sweetheart. And isn't it so interesting? To think about that, like, she, cause, because, and the reason why he does that is because she has a sweet heart. So he is calling right. her by name, because, like, that, her name is what she is. It's who she is, right? Isn't that really right. interesting that, that of all the things, he calls her sweetheart? I just, I picked up on that, and I was like, oh, that's really, really, in, like, fascinating to me, actually. Like, I love that little factoid. I just think it's really Aww. cool. It's true. So then we get yeah. to have, Right, we get the credit for the episode, and it's Neverland, which is awesome. You see the island back there, and it's all misty, and then you can really see it in more detail because it kind of clears it up. And it's like, okay, we're really doing this. We're going to Neverland. It's on. Okay, awesome. Let's do it. 
So then after that, we see that Granny is at the playground guarding Henry with a crossbow. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over I here like trying Granny. not to die laughter because she guards Granny at a play, you know, she's guarding people with a crossbow at the playground. Like, oh my God, I love Granny so hard. Can we please put Granny and Geppetto together? We'd love to. Granbo. Granbo, you know, just. Grand, Grand, Grandpa, whatever. And Beverly is awesome. I don't know. I got to interview her for the site for a while back. And one of the things I keep meaning to ask her about, because she told me in the interview, if you guys haven't read it, that I asked her something that nobody knows about her or fans don't know. And she said Henry Winkler was the first person she ever told she was pregnant. And I was like, what? But we were doing a quick fire interview, so I couldn't get the follow-up story. So, it, I'm going to interview that woman again and get the follow-up story on that because I never heard the rest of it. But I love Beverly. I would take all the grandbo, all yeah. the granny they want to put in it. Yeah, please do that quickly because I would also like to know more about that story. I find that very interesting. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. Wow, really? Okay. So then um, after that, we see Gold is loosening the rope of Henry's tire swing with the turn of his cane. Mm-hmm. Not very nice. I, I love that little touch. <laughs> this thing was nifty. Because then he so can't cool. be blamed. <laughs> Oops, the rope broke. Look, the rope happened. For itself. Not like, my fault. I love the cane, though. I just I think that's really cool too. And then, um, the Charmings tell Gold that Neil is one shot and killed, and then he tells them that he's prepared to die and he's not going to help them at all. He's just going to let everybody die. And oh my god. Mm. Yeah. Which and is I was kind like, of like, odd really, because... back to going home because then going home he finally does the deed and you know dies. So well, you know. Supposedly, dies. yeah, it becomes Rumple the Gold, kind of like Gandalf. So yeah, <laughs> Rumple the Gold. He oh, better be glowing when he comes back and wearing the leather outfit. None of this suit shenanigans. I want everybody back oh, I I in their fairy tale costume. Gold. Yeah, where I, I don't care if he's wearing a gold, gold pimp suit. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care if he's wearing a gold leather pimp suit with a gold fedora and a big old gold feather and a gold cane. I don't care. He can wear as long as it's the leather Rumpelstiltskin suit. I'm good. <laughs> I love my fairy tale costume. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I was just looking at, um, actually, I was looking at what's related once upon a time. God, I can't wait for the Wicked Witch. Okay, so, um, then we see that Greg and Tamara and Hook are down in the tunnels, and where Greg conveniently has the Mind Map app right on his phone, so he can find his mm. way right to the Black Diamond, <laughs> where, you know, everything is, because, oh my God, that's so convenient. Okay, God, I wish I had one of those. So then Google Mind. Yeah, and I just want to say, too, about the trigger, I love that it's a dwarf pickaxe that is used to activate a black diamond and that a black diamond is the trigger. That to- That is so Snow White. That is so totally <laughs> Snow White. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so good. 
I just love that little touch that that's what she did. Yeah, because, you know, she's using, like, you know, the, the people who always helped out Snow White to des- to destroy her life. Like, of course that's what she would do. Right. Yeah. Well, let's see. And I think it's Happy's um, act that he takes, too. Yeah, because that's a happy time. <laughs> totally. We're crying out loud. All right, so then, um, then we see the vines are growing on the library, you know, and you know, there's, like, the purple smoke coming out of the clock tower. And I just want to say really quick, like, does the library hold more power than we think? I kind of think so. Because, like, at one point, Gold, I don't remember what season it is. It might have been season two. But, or maybe season one. But he tells her that she is the one who, she, he reminds her, actually, that she closed the library back when she had power. But that kind of mm-hmm. insinuates, then, that it was open before she closed it. So if it was open once, like, did she close it? Because, like, did somebody go in and read their story and wake up from the curse and remember, and so she had to deal with it, and that's why? Like, wouldn't that be cool if, like, you know, and that's why she didn't want them to go, because if they read about the fairy tales, that would break the curse, like, just as much as Drew like, hmm, makes me wonder. That would be interesting because you saw when she did see the story bro- or the story book for the first time, she realized Henry had it. She was afraid, like she literally had when she's holding it and looking in the mirror in that scene back in you know the pilot or the thing you love most, whichever one it was. That she's like, you know, has genuine fear that this book is going to give someone their memories back. Yeah, I really want to see more about that and find out the backstory on the library. God, they could make a secondary series just of all the backstory stuff I want to know. Okay, so um, just like they could just like make it like a, some kind of companion book, right? Oh, my God, that's what they should do. They should make a companion book to Once Upon a Time with all the background information and all of these things that we're questioning, and it should be Henry's storybook. Hmm. That would be Everybody fantastic. at ABC Marketing listening, you should totally do it. And then you should totally hire me because clearly I've got good ideas. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so then after that, right, we see the scene where, like, they're trying to figure out what to do and they're at the Charming apartment, right? And Hook comes in and Charming just punches him right in the face. Yes. He's like, that's for last time. <laughs> yeah. Relax. I love it. I think – I love it. I want some more of it. I think it's great. I just he just decked him like, and it honestly looked like I don't. Maybe it was, maybe it was like some kind of. Maybe they put the two scenes together. I don't know. But it looked like Josh Dallas really hit Colin O'Dell and him in the face. Like that looked like a hell of a punch. Yeah. Peter asked in the chat room, do you think that the Storybrook Library would even have a fiction section since everybody in town? was what, you know, our world considered fiction, and they would be a fictional character. That would be interesting, because to me, that is what Regina would be terrified of the people in the town finding, having to go in there and find their own story, and through reading it, you know, get their memories back. So that's actually a fabulous question, Peter Pizza. Hmm... Hmm. I want to go visit that. Zach is actually going to Steveston. 
in a, a, a few months, so or whatever. I don't know exactly when you're going, actually, but I'm insanely jealous. Actually, I'm <laughs> next week. <laughs> Is it next week? Well, you know, yeah, next week, next few week. months, whatever. So, yeah, I'm insanely yeah. jealous, and I expect tons of pictures. And if you can find, a, a, like, a postcard or, oops, if, like, Lana dropped a coat or something, <laughs> mail to me or, you know, anything you want to uh, send my way or photograph and send to me, I will I will gladly look at thousands and millions of pictures. But, yeah, snoop around that library, Zach. Discover all the secrets. Yeah, um, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I forgot to mention anything about this either. Um, next week, I am going to Steveston, um, where they film the show, to meet up with um, two people, actually. Lori Hancock, who is a regular of ours and Once Upon a Fan, um, mm-hmm. she's going to be there, as well as um, Katrina Tan, who is very, um, she's quite well known on Twitter um, in the fan community, um, she's part of the uh, the Charm Attack movement, so, um, oh, God, she is, right? I'm not saying the wrong thing. Okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to go meet with them, and we're going to have a sit-down and talk about the show and, you know, right are there. Are you going to sit down in Granny Um, Yeah, I've actually, you know, I've actually been inside Granny's, you know, the building that poses as Granny's before, and it looks nothing like it does on the show on the inside at all. It really does. Really? Um, I can totally... Yeah, for anybody who's really interested to know, um, the inside of Granny's is totally a set. There, that is not what the diner looks like at all. It is kind of it's not as uh, spacious as it is there. So, just wanted. I to hear there's an ice cream out, shop where they have like character named ice creams though. Since uh, yeah, they do. They have. I've been to that too. Um, the last oh. when I was there last year. Um, and it's pretty nifty, oh like, you know, because she's, um, the gal who runs it, she has an autographed picture from, uh, Jared Gilmore, um, sitting uh-huh. up there on the countertops, so it's pretty nifty. Um, Aww. yeah. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm meeting Lori Hancock in, next week in Steveston, like, where they're filming the show. That is just insane. I remember when I was there last year, and like, Are like, when I, when I was there last year, Say what? Are you going to bring stuff to get autographs? Because they'll be filming. They're only about to start filming episode 20 right now. Oh, God, I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, my God, can you imagine if we went up there and they were actually filming that day? I may just lose it. Yeah. Because they're about to start filming Kansas, but they should be filming right around there, I would imagine, because they're still on filming schedule. Oh my god, wouldn't that be oh my god. So insane. That would be insanity. Like Make sure you bring your camera oh. and bring stuff to get signed. So you can get stuff signed for you and stuff signed for me. <laughs> so I'm totally thinking of you. Can you tell? <laughs> oh my god. Crazy. Crazy. Oh. I can't I can't because I remember when I went to Steveston the first time, it was such a reality bender because there was stuff mm-hmm. up everywhere that said Steveston, but then, you know, it said Granny's up on the wall, you know, right by the cafe. And then the guy who runs the bread shop up there, he keeps the Storybrooke sign up year-round as, like, a tourist attraction. So it said mm-hmm. Storybrooke Bread up there. And then the, uh, 
the set, you know, the set design team, they hadn't brought down, you know, like the Storybrooke hardware and paint sign yet. So that was still up. So half of the town said Steveston and the other half said Storybrooke. And I'm walking around, and it still said Storybrooke Free Public Library up on the freaking building. So I'm sitting there walking around, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, I know that this is not a real place. But it says Storybrooke everywhere. Like it was, and it was like being in a memory that wasn't mine, but yet it was because I have been there before on the show, and yet I haven't. Like right. it was just such a surreal. That's the only thing I can say. It was really, really surreal. Um, it, it was just bizarre. Like I thought at any second, like I kind of thought at any second, like a yellow bug would go driving by, or I would see Mary Margaret walking down the street, like. I just, you know, and even though I know that's not really real, like it couldn't actually happen, it could have right. happened. Like, and it's even weirder because, like, you know, I know where um, where uh, the house is that they use for Regina's house and for uh, Mr. Gold's house and for Jefferson's house, actually, as well yeah, as where the town hall is. So I mm. went to all those places. And, you know, it's just so weird to be there. Like, I was at Regina's house. Like, I was so, like... Even though that I know she so doesn't crazy. live there, I thought I was like, I was paranoid about being there. Like I thought she was going to come out and be like, "Excuse me, what are you doing outside my house?" Like it was just so bizarre. Yeah. And maybe you'll have really good luck this time as far as filming because I don't know if you're looking at seeing everything in the chat room, but Lori said that she's three for three in terms of filming. So every you know three times she's gone, three times she's been able to to watch filming. So, yeah, maybe you'll definitely – definitely take 5 million pictures. And if you can get stuff signed, then – oh, my God. I'm, like, dying for you. I have to live through you. So you're going to have to constantly be sending me little video messages. Because I, I don't know if our listeners realize, but Zach and I live nothing near each other. We podcast over the phone and over the computer. I'm in Florida, and he's in Seattle, Washington. So we could quite literally not get any further away from each other than we physically are. Yeah. So, yeah, I just make sure you send me lots of little video clips and, and pictures, and oh, I have to, like, you know, live through you. Or you could bring a flat me with you. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh, my Oh, God, I wish I could have enough time to ask them. Find twelve different pictures because I would totally bring a stat like the staff picture, like different pictures from the from our trip, and I would have them sign it. And, oh my god! Oh, that'd be if so only. funny. So, um, um, I will probably be posting a lot of that stuff from the trip on Twitter. To be honest, like if like if I see any filming at all, like at mm-hmm. all, I will very likely post a picture of something. Like I'm not going to be all paparazzi and be like, "Hey, look, set pictures," but I'm going to be like, "Hey, look, they're like right there." Like right, right yeah, we won't be posting spoilers. You guys know that we don't no. we don't uh, do spoilers here. So, uh, no, not, not the hard ones anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, my God. So oh, annoying. my God. That's going to be – oh, my God, it's in a week? Holy smokes, I need to plan. What am I going to wear? Okay, so um, – <laughs> Red jacket. Just saying. Yeah, but do I really want to wear that jacket? To do I really want to wear that jacket? I don't know. If, if guys, if you're in the chat room and you're listening, you guys, you know, chime in. Feel free to chime in. I have a red leather jacket that looks just like Emma's coat. Should I wear that to Steveston, or should I not wear that? Um, well, you still have your once yeah, upon a fan to shirt too, right? I do have or my once upon a fan. Oh, dude, I'm totally wearing it. Oh, I'm totally wearing it. 
Oh, no, I am yeah. so wearing my Once Upon a Time shirt. I wore it to Comic-Con, and, like, I've, yeah, I've actually, I've, kind of sad, I've worn it so many times that it's kind of been, like, the logo and everything has been, like, grayed out. I need to make myself a new one, because it's just. Awesome. Yeah. It's oh, too yeah, funny, because I've been thinking, yeah. Be twins. Wait, what? Wait, be twins. Lori, are you saying you have a red jacket? Respond. Respond in the chat room. I need to know. If you, if, because if you have a red leather jacket, I will totally wear mine and we can totally be twins. I am so down for that. All right. So then. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so on. It's on my Donkey Kong. It is. Okay. So, um. Oh, my God. We still have to get to this, like, whole episode in the space of, like, 20 minutes. Okay, cool. So, um. So, hook. Or Charming punches Hook in the face. Love it. Charming says, if he tries anything, I'll shoot him in the face. Charming is hardcore when it comes to justice. Um, and then they're walking out, and Hook's like, the things we do for our children. Okay, so I just want to say, right, because everyone is, you know, pushing Captain Swan versus Swanfire and all this stuff. For, for Hook to say, the things we do for our children, does that really sound like somebody who's actually going to go after what he would consider his son, his stepson? Is he really going to go after his girl? I'm thinking, no. Yeah. I'm going to go with my original theory and my original idea that Hook is going to be the one to die in this half of the season, almost upon a time, and that they're setting everything up, giving Hook all the stuff to do, because they're going to kill him off later, and that's going to be the big shocker, just like when they killed Graham in episode six of season one. That is my theory. Okay. Mm. So. I don't think so. Zach and I disagree. I don't think it's Hook or Neil. So I, I I don't think it's going to be either one of them, but we'll see. And whoever it is, you know, I know Adam and Eddie have said it's part of their story, and we'll be sorry to see anybody go because we love everybody. So, you know, we're I just I I don't feel like it's either one of them, but if it is, I'd oh, Hook can always you know find a spot here at my house and take you off the show. <laughs> my husband won't mind. If they were to do something like Kill Charming, I just lose it. That would be that would be a huge twist. Who do you think is going to be? I don't know, but I know that Rose McIver, who plays uh, Tinkerbell, specifically said that it's not at all who people think it's going to be. And we just saw um, Michael Raymond James posting photos on Twitter yesterday from the set of Once Upon a Time, and Colin O'Donoghue posts photos all the time from the set, too. So I really just don't feel like it's either one of them. I mean, that's not very... (laughs) Lori says it's going to be no one. Yeah. (laughs) We hope nobody dies. But, yeah, I just don't think it's going to be either one of them. I, I don't know. I've been wrong before. Maybe they'll all turn into the Queen of Hearts, per my theory from last year, and, <laughs> and everybody can be fabulous. <sighs> yes, Lori was said she was encouraged by the comment by by Rose. Yeah, me too. And then that picture that Michael Raymond James tweeted, and it was a set photo, and somebody started griping at him something about saying, oh, well, that's an old picture, and he said, no, it's absolutely not. It was taken yesterday or today or something. So, yeah. <laughs> but you never good know. Times. I'll be good times. It is good times. Whoever whoever they goes, I'll be very sad to see go. But, uh, you know, 
it's a story that has to, it can't always be happy. Otherwise, you know, who would watch it? And you got every story has to have its ups and its downs and there'd be really no show if everybody was always happy. So, yeah, I can, I can, but I can we live some drama. Drama, that's <laughs> drama, darling, you know, it has to exist or the show would be so very, very boring. Yeah. It's I true, mean, darling. So, okay. Oh. All right, let's keep going with this now because I've still got a ton more notes. All right, so, um, okay, so Hook and Balefire and Smee are on the ship. Okay, cool. Balefire is hiding from the Lost Boys. Oh, no, they're coming. Felix has that great scene where he's like, rip, and I find that to be a really, really creepy line. And then, you know, we've got the dwarves in the pawn shop and Grumpy has the potion and Gold says ah. one of my favorite lines of the whole episode. So she found a solution to the memory problem today, in the nick of time yes. before we all die. Because that's that exactly what I was thinking. Because that's what the audience is thinking. <laughs> right, exactly, yes. <laughs> I, I LMAO'd. So um, I just thought that was so funny. So then Grumpy gives Gold the potion, and he says, you know, don't let her die as Lacey. And, of course, it's like, mm. hell no, don't let her as Lacey. She's horrible. So then um, after that, we got Charming and Hook at the cannery, and the ground shakes, and Hook is like, time's running out. And Charming is like, oh, is that what that means? Another great line. Love it. Love the delivery. Love the whole thing. Um, mm. So then we get a scene after that. It's a flashback where Hook is teaching Balefire how to steer the ship, and they talk about Rumpel, and Balefire reveals the dagger like a good son, and, you know, all those lovely things. Okay, cool. And then, you know, he says that, the, he says Rumpel chose the dark one, you know, like the dagger over him, which is exactly what Neil says in Manhattan, that, you know, you, you chose all this crap over me. And then he does a little gesture of, you know, like the same hand movement that Rumpel always does, right? Right. So it's, yeah, so it plays back to, Manhattan, to uh, Manhattan, and we just watched that last week. So, you know, I thought that was very, very interesting, too. So then... Then we get, you know, the shootout at the Storybrooke Cannery, as it were. And, uh, you know, Hook grabs the bean, and then Charming takes it after they all get away. And, you know, Regina and Emma are down in the mines, and, you know, they come up on the diamond, and, you know, Regina's talking about, you know, she's got that great line where she says, everyone looks at me as the evil queen, including my son. Let me die as Regina which totally plays back to the cricket game, which we watched in the, in the hiatus rewatch, where she says, where Emma says to her, you know, we know who you are and who you will always be. You know, that, that's what it is. She, they look at her as the evil queen. Right, exactly. So that's what exactly. they look at her. So when she says, let me, you know, let me die as Regina, that's what that is relating to. That's what that mm-hmm. um, relates back to. So, you know, that's I just actually one of the on only scenes where... I like, I really, I actually teared up at that scene. That's one of the only ones where I teared up. And it's, you know, she's, we saw, we saw her saying goodbye to Henry and he doesn't realize it, but she's literally saying goodbye to Henry. Like she's going to have to give him up. This is like, yeah, that's the first time she's going to give him up. And then obviously later in season three, she gives him up, you know, has to give him up again, but she's willing to do whatever it takes to make sure he's not alone. And then, you know, that scene where she says that, that she's always been the evil queen and does please let her die, Regina, that 
I thought that was just a beautiful scene for Lana. Yeah, it's really good. And then after that, you know, we've got Golden Lacey drinking <laughs> again. And, um, you know, he she spills the drink, and then he gives her Bale's, you know, Bellfire's shawl to clean it up. And then he, he gets out Chip and repairs it and gives her the potion, and she drinks, you know, drinks it. And, uh, yeah, and then, you know, they're on their way out to the cannery, and that's when she tells him that she's feeling a little bit buzzed. So then at, after that is when we get the scene in the diner where, um, you know, like they're talking about what to do and Emma is having doubts and Archie steps forward and he says this great line that I love. He says that Snow White and the prince have always loved them before and that he's going to trust them again this time. And the reason why I love that line so much is because he calls them, he doesn't say Snow White and Prince Charming. He says Snow White and the prince. And in the animated version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, that is all he is known as. He's the prince. Um, right. Prince Charming is actually the prince from Cinderella. Prince Charming is not the prince from Snow White. The prince of Snow White is just called the prince. So when he says right. Snow White and the prince of Le- it totally made me think of the animated version. It made me think of more you know classic version like that. I loved it. Yeah, because the Prince Charming in Disney lore is Cinderella's husband. Uh, Snow White is always just the prince. So I was, uh, I don't know, I, I like that little touch too. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, it's good times. I like it. And then, um, and then after that is when Snow, you know, she says, you know, that you know we haven't had a whole lot of chance to be parents, so please give us this one. And then later on, after the ground shakes again, and Emma's like, no, you know, let's let's just take the bean and go. And Emma, you know, Snow's talking about how she should, you know, there's a path they should take, and, you know, she should have taken the other path instead of killing Cora. She says it's so sweet. She goes, she, she's like, Emma, honey, let's take the, you know, let's take the hard path. And when mm. she's like, Emma, honey, I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a mother talking to her daughter. God, that's so sweet. So, so good. I just love it. I just think it's so cute. And then after that, Emma reveals the, to Hook that Neil is Henry's dad. And then, you know, we get the flashback, and Balefire finds Mila's drawing down on the desk, and there's the big reveal that Rumpel killed Mila, all that other stuff. Bale wants to leave the ship. Bay wants to leave the ship, rather. Okay, cool. So then, you know, they're down in the mines, and, you know, they're going to use the bean to escape, and Emma doesn't have the bean because Hook sailed away with it. So then in the flashback, Hook is appealing to Bay. You know, the Lost Boys, you know, he refuses him. The Lost Boys take him, you know. Um, and in the meantime, Storybrooke is, like, disappearing to the vines. Like, you know, yes, losing him to the vines. Bro. Yeah, it's turning into Tavern on the Green. So, um, <laughs> you know, so then they're down in the mines and they have no bean. And they all think they're going to die. And there's that scene where Emma calls Snow and Charming Mom and Dad. Oh, my God. Oh, that was so good. So good. So good. Finally, it happened. Been waiting for it since the first episode of the show. Emma called her parents, Mom and Dad. Oh, my God. I love it. I just think it's great. So then, you know, uh, Emma realizes that they need to use, you know, both her magic and Regina's magic in order to stop the you know, the thing from destroying Storybrooke, which 
totally relates to Brogan because that's what they use to start up Jefferson's hat, which gets Emma and Snow stuck in the Enchanted Forest for the first half of the season. You know, blah, blah, blah. So it relates back to... So then they use their magic and they stop the diamond from blowing everything up. But Henry is gone. Because Reg and Tamara have taken him. Mm-hmm. So they think Oh no, what are they going to do? Yes. Mm-hmm. So then of course they're they're at the docks and they you know, they who was it? Greg throws the bean, Tamara throws the bean, somebody throws the bean into the water <laughs> and it opens the portal and they go to Neverland. And they jump through, whatever, and then they have no way, like, the rest of them have no way to get through, right? Because they don't have any more magic beans. Oh, but then Rumpel and Bell show up, and they're talking about how they can't cross worlds. And, oh, no, what's, what, what's the girl to do? And then Hook sails in to save the day. Yay! Because he's hot like that. <laughs> With his guy liner like and his hook. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Being all sexy and Irish and stuff. Oh, yeah, ladies. I'm going to get you some of that captain action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. So then, um, you know, and Hook shows up and they tell him, you know, Emma tells him, hey, dude, we need a ride. We need to ride through a portal. Are you down? And he's like, totally. You buy, I'll fly as far as gas goes. So she's like, cool, I can dig it. So they go to the Exactly. So they pull over to the gas station, you know, they put some pixie dust in, you know, maybe, you know, a little bit of the Schwartz, perhaps, some space balls, pour it in the engine as a Jolly Roger, and they, you know, start selling their happy selves away. Well, first, though, before we get to that point, excuse me, um, Gold, you know, shows up at the ship and says that he's going to get them where they need to go, and he, Hook gives them that great stare down, and then Rumpel says goodbye to Belle, and she says, oh, no, it's okay, I'll be, you know, I'll see you again, and he gives her instructions on how to hide the town and all that good stuff. Okay, it's fabulous. And then... Of course she's drunk like, and probably won't remember him. Of course she... Well, no, why do you think he wrote it down for her? So, oh, um, there you go. He, Here, you won't remember this. Yeah, I wrote it down. He already, he already planted her up with so much tequila and everything else. He had to write it down for her. Okay, so then... Go get some coffee for. before you look at this paper. Oh, I told you you're supposed to drink two waters for every one drink to balance it out. What do you <laughs> So, um, we get the... <laughs> We're losing it. So then Neil is in the Enchanted Forest, right, and we get the big reveal that he has landed in the same place that, you know, like the little refuge was, right, with the little horseshoe-shaped island trail to paradise thing. Okay, cool. So... And, of course, Prince Philip and Aurora and Mulan are there, you know. Yay, sleeping warrior. Let's get those girls together, shall we? All right. So then um, <laughs> after that, we see the – and I love this exchange, too. They're on the Jolly Roger, and Rumpel is talking to Hook, and he's like, so, are you done trying to kill me? And Hook's like, I think so. And he's like, excellent. Then you can live. And then he brings forth the globe, the magic Cora globe from the Miller's daughter or whatever episodes came forth in. Mm. Um, and then he pricks his finger on it, just like Sleeping Beauty pricking her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel, and he spins gold on a spinning wheel, and I just love it. It's just such a great touch. Um, just There's got to be some history between Rumpel and Maleficent. Dude, what if Maleficent and the Wicked Witch are related? Okay, anyways, I don't know where that thought just came from, but 
because some, somebody is related. Like we've already said so many times, getting to be like nine hundred two and zero up in here. Okay, so then, um, you know, they see, you know, like the globe turns into the map, you know, and they're like, where are they? Regina's like, where are they taking Henry? And she's like, you know, hooks like Neverland, and they all kind of look at each other like, well, crap, like, you know, what are we gonna do? Like, it's almost like they know what Neverland is. And, you know, they don't want to go there any more than anybody else does. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And then for Emma. Yeah, Emma's just like, really? Like, we're going to Neverland now. Like, okay, why not? Man, I hope she ends up in Oz at some point. That would just be awesome. So then, um,. Pan, so then we see that Pan, for the last 300 and some odd years, has had a drawing of Henry. How? Where? From who? What? Like, <laughs> I Leonardo da Vinci? <laughs> I don't have an answer to that question. Where is the answer? Mm. I need an answer, folks. Mm. Let's see. Yeah, bring back Maleficent. <laughs> what he said in there. Yeah, Hook and well, Rumble. Well, she needs to they, come back. I mean, need to bring her, they, they need to bring that chick back, I'm telling you. Well, now, I told you last week, with the Jabberwocky coming, that I'm really hoping, and we know we're getting Wonderland and Once Upon a Time crossovers, and we're getting Korra, we're getting Queen of Hearts, and we got to save the Knave and all that, but this week, we are getting the Jabberwocky and I'm hoping that she has something to do with Maleficent because they can't have many more episodes to film of True Blood if they're even still filming. They might already be done. So, yes, bring right. back all the Maleficent. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. More Maleficent, please. So then um, Rumpel is talking about Pan and how Greg and Tamara are working for somebody that they don't even know. And, you know, somebody that they all need to fear, including him, which, of course, now we know why, because it's his dad. And then, you know, the ship sails into the portal, and it closes, and we get the boom. And then it's the end of the show. That's it. And I remember thinking, like, that's it? Like, we have to wait the whole summer to find out what's going to happen in Neverland? And I remember being so excited about getting to go to Neverland. But at the same time, I was like, we have to wait all of this time for that? Are you serial right now? Ugh. Yeah. And then we didn't have the podcast each week to kind of, you know, have a once or get together for some yeah. hiatus therapy. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a horrible time. It was a horrible Indeed. The it was a long summer. It was a very long summer. Oh, wow, you too. You too, the band is at the Oscars right now. Yeah, go for them. Mm. So um, I do love Bono. <laughs> yeah, he does good things. So, um, yeah, that was the end of the episode. So, okay, we finished our rewatch with about four minutes to spare. Okay, cool. So I just want to remind everybody once again that next week we are moving the podcast back to Tuesdays. Um, mm-hmm. that. And I also just want to talk, you know, touch on a few things, too. You know, we've really enjoyed doing this whole episode rewatch thing with you guys every week. Really glad that everybody's been joining in on the fun with that. We hope that you have been enjoying, you know, our look back at that and kind of thinking of your own memories of the show and, you know, what it was like to watch it. Because um, this show has come really, really far. Um, there's so much to cover now that it's, I mean, 
kind of crazy how far we've come. I know we're only, you know, halfway through the third season, but just the first two seasons alone, so much happened. You know, and even now, just the first half of this season, so much has happened, and we're about to go to Oz, and it's not even over yet. So, you know, it's been really fun, been really um, God, I can't wait for this, Amy. It's going to be so fantastic. Like, oh, my I God, know. I'm so, I'm so I can't wait. Uh, I'm, like, over the moon excited, and I'm so excited for you guys getting to go to Steveson, and I'm excited that hopefully I'll get a chance to meet Lana when she comes to Orlando for the SpookyCon Mayhem convention. Like I said earlier, we're really working hard to try and set up an interview so we can bring the podcast to listeners some little tidbits from her. But aside from that, you guys know how much I love Lana. And I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but my son, um, he doesn't write. He has a motor skills deficiency, and he spoke basically dictated a letter and I wrote it out for him about a year ago and mailed it to Lana and she sent him the sweetest little note back with an autograph and it like meant so much to me and him and I've always wanted the chance to say thank you to her um, personally so yeah this I feel like this whole second half of the season and everything coming up is just going to be huge for Oncers, huge for Once Upon a Fan, huge for the podcast and for the fans together. I can't wait. There's so much good stuff coming. Yeah, it's going to be a really fantastic end of um, the season, I think. Um, We've got a lot of good, fun stuff coming up for Once Upon a Fan, too. We've been doing a series. um, We started a series of fan interviews with you know, a lot of people who have had, like, big influences on the fan community, like M, uh, uh, Marie, who helps run the uh, Emma's Ugly Ducklings. Um, we've got an interview with Anthony Covino up right now, who is part of the Charm Attack movement, um, and has done a lot of good things there. Uh, we've got a couple of other, other interviews that are be coming out over the next couple of months that are very exciting. We've got all kinds of conventions going on where, you know, different cast members are going to be. Um, obviously season three is going to keep going right along every week. So we've got that. Um, and then also too, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about this, but you know, season four is (laughs) next year. And so if you think about it, whatever the end of this Oz storyline is going to be, it's probably going to set up whatever season four is going to be about just like the way that, you know, season two ended setting up Neverland and everything. So if you think about how crazy the ride has been, it's about to get even crazier because where is it all going to go after Oz and what kind of stuff is Oz going to reveal in the story about characters? It's going to be really exciting. I can't wait for the second half of the season. It's going to be really good. Really, really good. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So much good stuff coming. I can't wait. Yeah. Lots of good good stuff. Um, San Diego Comic Con is coming in July. Um, that's all I'll say about that uh, for now. Um, it is coming, though. You know, people plan plenty of time in advance. So I'm just saying, you know, you may want to pay attention to the news feeds for Once Upon a Fan for the podcast um, pretty soon. I'm just saying. So, yeah, um, it's <laughs> going to be a really good last half of the season, a really good summer. Um, it's just going to, wow, just the next, next couple of months are going to be jam-packed full of stuff that I can't wait to, to share with everybody. And we want to thank our podcast audience again for, you know, listening to our show every week. We really appreciate you guys and for also, you know, everything you guys do for Once Upon a Fan. 
you know, commenting on all the photos and tweeting everything, too. We all really appreciate what you guys do. Definitely. We love you guys so much, and we really appreciate you tuning in for the podcast. All right. So that is it for this um, podcast episode. Next week we'll be back on Tuesday. We will have our reviews of the spring premieres for Wonderland and Once Upon a Time. We'll have our regular news roundup. I'll have a little bit of a recap from my trip to Stevenson next Monday to meet Lori and Katrina. It's going to be a really good episode next week, so I can't wait. And for now, we will cut it off because the show is over. So good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Good night.